Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. President Trump claimed his Middle East peace plan will make it easier to visit sites, quote, so vividly described in the Bible, adding, like, there's this garden where a lady never, ever wears clothes and eating, eating fruit there is actually bad for you. From 30 Rockefeller Plaza in New York City, please enjoy this podcast edition of Late Night with Seth Meyers. On today's show, Seth talks to Lester Holt. But first, a closer look. The president and his goons have been threatening everyone from sitting congressmen to ambassadors as new evidence emerges in his impeachment trial. For more on this, it's time for a closer look. I'm no lawyer, but I'm pretty sure that when suspects go on trial for crimes, they try not to commit more crimes. <laughs> Donald Trump, however, is a different sort of criminal. For Trump, crimes are kind of like Lay's potato chips. Betcha can't do just one. <laughs> but hey, you gotta at least give Trump points for commitment. One crime isn't enough for him. He's always gotta do like five at once. He's like a guy who steals a camcorder, sneaks into a movie theater without paying, illegally records it, sells the bootleg DVD on the street, gets arrested, busts out of jail, and then holds a screening of the movie in a house he broke into. <laughs> for example, after Democrats led by Congressman Adam Schiff completed their arguments in the Senate impeachment trial last week, Trump decided to threaten Schiff, who of course is also one of the prosecutors in the trial. First, here's a brief excerpt of Schiff's detailed oral argument in which he laid out the case for removing Trump from office. Can any of us really have the confidence that Donald Trump will put his personal interests ahead of the national interest. You know you can't count on him to do that. That's the sad truth. You know you can't count on him to do that. And you know you can't trust this president to do what's right for this country. You can trust he will do what's right for Donald Trump. He'll do it now. He's done it before. He'll do it for the next several months. He'll do it in the election if he's allowed to. It's true. Donald Trump has never done anything in his life that didn't benefit him personally. I'm pretty sure when he placed his hand on the Bible to take the oath of office, he slipped Chief Justice John Roberts a $20 bill. <laughs> There's more where that came from, because I'm definitely going to get impeached. 
And that's why Schiff's oral argument was so important. He laid out in detail how our Constitution set up the presidency as a public trust and that Trump had repeatedly violated that trust. And Trump clearly saw Schiff's speech and he decided to menace Schiff on Twitter on Sunday. Shifty Adam Schiff is a corrupt politician and probably a very sick man. He has not paid the price yet for what he has done to our country. Okay, first of all, what do you mean he hasn't paid the price? Almost everything Trump says sounds like a deleted scene from The Irishman. Just kidding. There were no deleted scenes from The Irishman. Also, he hasn't paid a price. No one has had a more charmed, consequence-free life than Donald Trump. He's like Mr. Magoo driving off a cliff and then gently floating down to the ground because he accidentally opened his umbrella. Except Mr. Magoo would actually know how to close an umbrella. Now, it seems like Trump was probably lashing out at Schiff after Schiff cited a report from CBS claiming that Trump had warned Senate Republicans, who were also supposed to be impartial jurors in the trial, not to cross him. Here's the CBS report and then Schiff's comments citing that report. One Trump confidant tells CBS News that GOP senators have been warned, vote against the president and your head will be on a pike. CBS News reported last night that a Trump confidant said that GOP senators were warned, vote against your president, vote against the president, and your head will be on a pike. Now, I don't know if that's true. I'm going to take a wild guess and say it's definitely true. Although, <laughs> I will say the only thing that makes me doubt this story is the fact that Trump probably has no idea what a pike is. The only pike he's familiar with is the New Jersey Turnpike. I'm going to put your head on a pike. Exit 15 by Secaucus. <laughs> then me and my friends are going to go hit the mall. <laughs> then after Schiff made that comment, GOP senators feigned shock that he would suggest they might be beholden to a president who has routinely threatened anyone who crosses him. Senator John Barrasso said he has basically offended every Republican senator in there tonight. Senator Susan Collins said, I know of no Republican senator who has been threatened in any way by anyone in the administration. And Senator Lisa Murkowski said, I thought he was doing fine with moral courage until he got to the head on a pike. That's where he lost me. <laughs> oh, is that where he lost you? I was gonna vote to convict Trump, but then Schiff implied he was a bully, and that is where I draw the line. What's next? Is Schiff gonna claim Trump's a golfer who stands like a mama bear scaring away a predator? <laughs> I mean, let's remember, this is a guy who fights with or attacks literally anyone who crosses him, including Republicans, Gold Star families, and even his closest friends and allies, if they even so much as question him in public. Trump has done this repeatedly. He went after former GOP Congressman Mark Sanford and endorsed Sanford's primary opponent just because Sanford criticized him on TV. And Trump even brought up the fact that Sanford had covered up an extramarital affair by claiming he'd been hiking the Appalachian Trail. Although, as we've noted before, Trump kept getting the name wrong. He was supposed to be vacationing on the Tallahassee Trail, but he was actually in Argentina. I don't know. Jim, do they have a Tallahassee Trail in Argentina? Never liked him too much. I wasn't a big fan. The Tallahassee Trail must be a beautiful place. Unfortunately, he didn't go there. No, he didn't because it doesn't exist. The Tallahassee Trail sounds like the patch of back hair that leads down into your jorts. <laughs> so the president threatened the prosecutor and the members of the jury in his Senate impeachment trial. And then we also found out that he had seemingly threatened the former ambassador to Ukraine, 
Marie Ivanovich at a private dinner in 2018. You might recall that Ivanovich was a key witness in the House impeachment hearing. She was seen as a crusader against corruption and therefore an obstacle to Trump and Rudy's corrupt plan to get Ukraine to dig up dirt on Joe Biden. So Trump and Rudy wanted her out. And last week, a tape surfaced in which Trump could be heard talking about Ivanovich in menacing tones with two of his indicted henchmen, Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman. Do you remember these two guys? If you have trouble remembering who's who, Lev is the hot one. <laughs> now, you might remember that Trump has repeatedly claimed he doesn't know these two guys, which is obviously a lie, given how often Trump has had to say it. Sir, what conversations have you had with Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman? I don't know those gentlemen. I don't know them. Uh, I don't know about them. I don't know what they do. I will say this. Uh, Parnas, I don't know. I don't know him. I don't know anything about him. Well, I don't know him. I don't know Parnas. I don't know him at all. Don't know what he's about. Don't know where he comes from. Know nothing about him. I don't know him. I don't believe I've ever spoken to him, but I don't know him. I had never had a conversation that I remember with him. I don't need the help of a man that I never met before. I don't even know who this man is. No, I don't know him. I know nothing about him. When you have to say you've never met someone that many times, you've definitely met that person. <laughs> like if your wife asked, do you know Julia next door? And you said, I don't know her, never talked to her, don't know who she is or where she came from or what she does. I've never spoken to her. I've never met, I've never had a conversation. With, who is she? Why are, I don't know her. Your wife would have her bags packed before you finished talking. Well, to no one's surprise, it turns out Trump very much did know these guys, and now we have an audio recording of Trump talking to Parnas at a private dinner in 2018 that's in the hands of federal authorities in which they discuss getting rid of Yovanovitch. ABC News has reviewed a recording of what appears to be a conversation between Parnas, the president, and others. A copy of the recording is in the hands of the U.S. Attorney's Office in New York. Sources familiar with the recording say it was made in April 2018 at a private dinner at the Trump International Hotel in Washington. Parnas and the president are heard discussing Ukraine and the American ambassador there, Marie Yovanovitch. The biggest problem there, I think, where we, where we need to start is we got to get rid of the ambassador. Get rid of her. Hooray. Get her out tomorrow. I don't care. Get her out tomorrow. <laughs> Take her out. Okay? Do it. How is it possible that so many people have secret recordings of the president? I mean, this idiot has had more microphones and hidden cameras on him than Jim Carrey in The Truman Show. <laughs> Michael Cohen had secret recordings of Trump. Omarosa had secret recordings of Trump. And now this guy. Trump was so worried about Obama spying on him, he failed to notice that everyone else was. <laughs> this is why it's so crucial that the Senate vote to allow new evidence to be considered in the impeachment trial, because almost every day new evidence emerges. In fact, just last night, we got more bombshell reporting about a tell-all book being written by Trump's former national security advisor, John Bolton. You might remember that according to witnesses, Bolton wanted no part of Trump and Rudy's Ukraine scheme, calling it a drug deal and saying Giuliani's a hand grenade who's going to blow everybody up. Of course, if anything, Rudy looks like he blew himself up. That's how he lost his neck. Luckily, they were able to sew my head right back onto my shoulders. Now it turns out that in his forthcoming book, Bolton plans to lay out in detail that Trump told him explicitly that he wanted to hold up hundreds of millions of dollars in aid to Ukraine in order to force them to help him cheat in the 2020 election. The New York Times reports that former National Security Advisor John Bolton's upcoming book will say the president personally tied aid to Ukraine to an investigation of the Bidens. It's insane. Every day someone new comes forward with more evidence against Trump. Gordon Sondland, Lev Parnas, 
John Bolton tomorrow, the pilot on Air Force One, is going to come forward and be like, the president ordered me to illegally park in a handicapped spot. <laughs> the president and his cabal of thuggish goons have threatened everyone from ambassadors to members of Congress as new evidence emerges every day of his crimes. And Republicans are feigning false outrage at an innocuous comment by Adam Schiff just to distract from the actual case. If Trump had any shame at all, he'd resign and disappear someplace no one could find him, like... The Tallahassee Trail. We've been a closer look. Whether you're shipping 100 packages a month or thousands, ShipStation lets you automate routine shipping tasks and easily handle returns. Manage orders, print labels, compare rates, optimize every shipment, and automate delivery notifications with ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard. Plus, you can access industry-leading discounted rates from USPS, UPS, DHL, and Global Post, with discounts up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation. And 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. Optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Use promo code WONDERY today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com promo code WONDERY. Our guest tonight, Anchor is Nightly News, weeknights at 6.30 here on NBC. Please welcome back to the show, Lester Holt, everyone. It's been a while. Nice it's to see been you. a while. Uh, you just finished the show. You just I did. finished nightly. Thank you so much for coming straight here. No problem. It's uh, it worked on my schedule. And uh, last time you were here uh, was the middle of the Manafort trial. Right. And, and now, now it's the impeachment, impeachment trial. trial. I'd say that's a coincidence, but there are a lot of trials these days. <laughs> we, we could turn this into a legal show. I'll stop by every time. Do you uh, do you feel this moment in history as you report on the impeachment trial, even though it does seem as though the outcome has? to some degree been predetermined, does it feel weighty when you report on it? It feels weighty when I think about, you know, the, the, the whole constitutional basis for it, the idea that, you know, we could put a president out of work here. I mean, uh, but at the same time, we all went in with the knowledge that the numbers are such, with the Republican majority, that he will likely be acquitted. But now we've seen some drama on this issue of whether, uh, whether we'll see witnesses or evidence, so all bets are off. You, and I would also say this, Call it drama. I think a lot of people say, oh, you know, this Bolton thing, maybe this is the smoking gun. Maybe this is the game changer. And yet, uh, you've also pointed out that we sort of live in this post-shock era, which is it's impossible now for anything to happen to make us say, like, oh, my God, this is the big thing. Yeah, because I mean, no, no game has been changed and no gun has been smoking enough for certain people. Yeah, I mean, but there's certain big stories that have come along now, and you think, boy, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, those would have been our lead story for you know, a week, a week and a half. But now everything, we digest it so quickly. Part of it is because, you know, the media, we're simply better when we're bigger and the technology allows us to cover a lot of things. But I feel that we, sometimes we don't appreciate, you know, the moment to like, wow, this is, this is big. This is really important. But don't you think part of that, too, is we, so much of it is coming from the same source. The White House is putting out, you know, they're creating news every day that would have been a week-long story, two weeks long, but they put out five of those a day. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean there's, no, there's no question that, you know, this is an administration that has done things in a different way, in a bolder way, and, and, and uh, you know, 
gone places that others haven't, and that's created a, a lot of news. At the same time, you're chasing headlines like this, you know, yeah. you're on to the next one, on to the next one. Do you think that uh, whether it's uh, at the election, uh, whether it's uh, another four years, do you think that news will reset to what it was before the Trump era? Well, I mean, I don't think that, you know, it's us that will reset. I think the question is, you know, will 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 government look the way that many people remember it? And keeping in mind, a lot of people are very happy with with where we're at. But but definitely, there's a different feeling. You do wonder what the relationship will be like. What are we going to be covering? You know, five years, six years from now, uh, will it be this constant? You know, onto the next onto the next story kind of a feel. You also uh, interviewed the president when he was the host of The Apprentice. Yeah, a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was a game show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> does he strike you as a different person now, or does it seem pretty similar? Not at all. I mean, he's he's the same guy. Uh, he's a you know he, he's a television producer. He understands audiences. He understands you know message communication. I remember uh, interviewing him one time, and um, we were pre-taping the interview to run the weekends, and we finished it, and he's like, okay. So let's lose that last part, and then we'll use the part where I said, and he's basically producing his own interview, and I remember just smiling, and then, and then you know, that's the way he, he tends to operate now. I mean, he's, uh, he understands audiences and what works on television. And he understands asking people to do things even when it's not the rules. Um, <laughs> you, uh, uh, you covering impeachment must be strange for you because you were a news junkie when you were a kid. Yeah. Uh, is it true that you were uh, you were into the Nixon impeachment as going? Well, on? yeah, I kind of got dragged into it. I was in a town with you know four TV stations. Every one of them was you know gavel to gavel coverage of the hearings, and uh, you know, I was 14 years old and I'm bored. But then I started watching because there was nothing else on TV, and then I got into it. And I was a bit of a news junkie, and I recognized the importance of it. And when we learned that uh, President Nixon was going to give his resignation speech. I dug out my tape recorder of my cassettes and I set it up in the radio to record it because it was history. And someday I would play that tape to my children <laughs> to explain to it, to explain to them what had happened, not realizing there'd be a thing called YouTube. <laughs> right, yeah. And, like, oh, yeah, Dad, we got it right here. Yeah, just click right there. Put on my Walkman and listen to well, Nixon's yeah. resignation. <laughs> it uh, seemed so weighty at the time, you know? Yeah. You, uh, uh, you did morning announcements. Uh, this was one of your first... In high school. You, yeah, in high yeah, school. Yeah. Uh, I guess one of your first times you delivered the news. Uh, you've got a million-dollar voice. Did you take the... Did you treat the morning announcements yeah, uh, with mean, gravitas? Yeah, it was during a period I was trying to break into radio, and, and I had this opportunity to the morning announcements, and I thought, let me create it like a newscast. So it was the Cordova Lancers, and so it would be... Good morning, Lancers. It's 8.33. Here's what's happening. Spanish <laughs> club is meeting in room C3 at 3.30. You know, just, and, I would do, and then at the end, I would go, and that's what's happening. You're up to date at 8.38. <laughs> I feel very jealous. I would have liked that a great deal. I was a, uh, I was a serious nerd. Serious nerd. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in broadcast. You started uh, early radio jobs, I would imagine, um, not as uh, dignified a role as you have now. What were some of the What were some of the things they would have you report on? In your well, I mean, radio? I did. You know, I mean, I worked at a country and western radio station before I moved to TV. Actually, I don't, I don't want to say this because I still work here, but some some of the stories I did for the Today Show reminded me that. When there's a TV camera there, you will do things that you might not ordinarily do. Right. Like someone said, hey, we're doing a show from Chicago. What if you went on the top of what was then the Sears Tower and went out with the window washers? I'm like, sure. <laughs> and, and, and I get up there, you have to literally step down into this basket. You know, you're 100 stories off, off, the, off the, uh, the ground. And I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And then 
a chopper comes by. They had a camera on the chopper, and there's this pressure. So you do it. Right. And you think, I, what am I, am I creating? Another time I was in Las Vegas, they sent me to uh, cover stuntman school, uh-huh. and I broke my foot. Right. You know, I'm dangling. Now, do, you, um, do they fail you out of stuntman school when that happened? No. I think, <laughs> I think they were worried I was going to call my lawyer. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't. But, yeah, it was, it was this uh, ratchet thing. Where you know you 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 know you come firing back and it pulls you back. It's like a big slingshot. Yeah. And I planted my foot too quickly and and it kept going and it was pretty ugly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and that's a real bummer because if you were actually wanted to be a stuntman, you'd be like, well, that's the price of doing business. I but guess. you were just a guy on the news. I was like, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so now you're off to uh, you guys will be covering uh, Iowa caucuses, uh, New Hampshire primary. It's busy and and keep in mind this now the impeachment could end Friday if they have the votes and they want to uh, end it, or if they take witnesses, it could go on. So we could be looking at impeachment going into Iowa next week, going into the State of the Union speech. Um, it's a busy, busy February to come. Uh, well, keep up the good work. It's always so nice to have you here. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Hey. That's Lester Hold, everybody. Nightly News airs on NBC weeknights at 6.30. NBC News will have special coverage of the Iowa Congress and State of the Union and New Hampshire primaries. Late Night with Seth Meyers airs weeknights on NBC at 12.35, 11.35 Central. Original music on the Late Night podcast is by the HE Band. Don't forget to follow the handle Late Night Seth on social media and tell your friends to subscribe to the Late Night podcast wherever they get their podcasts. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet. Sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today.